to the Pioneer League Podcast. I'm your host, David Graff. I hope you're doing well out there. I hope you're enjoying this summer, this baseball this summer. That's kind of the reason why we're here. I was hoping that this might be able to fill a baseball void for some. The Pioneer League, before Major League Baseball, seemingly decided to punt on the 2020 season altogether. One of the big things was whether 2020 was going to be the last season for 42 markets in minor league baseball in particular. And the Pioneer League was on that list. Every single team in the league and the league itself was going to probably get cut. Last week was supposed to be first pitch for the Pioneer League, a rookie league short season in the Mountain West. And... No minor league baseball has taken place. No major league baseball has taken place in 2020 ever since the coronavirus pandemic really got going in the United States. And that's why I'm here as well. I was laid off from my job in March doing sports radio in Montana. And I was also creating podcast content. And I thought, well, what am I going to do now? I don't know when stations are going to be hiring again. I had been stuck in my home during the shelter in place, quarantine, whatever you want to call it. So I decided I'd get a little creative and do something for myself. So I came up with this idea for a podcast about the Pioneer League in the Mountain West. I love minor league baseball. My first job actually growing up was working for the Arkansas Travelers in Little Rock, Arkansas, a minor league baseball team. I worked in the gift shop. I loved it. I loved coming to the ballpark every day. It was really awesome. It's a really cool work environment. It's a lot of fun. And so I, minor league baseball holds a special place in my heart, and I know how cool it can be for those involved and for the community. And I've been to several of the parks in the Pioneer League, and I know how fun and exciting it is for those communities when the season is going. So I just wanted to create something that I would call this like an audio scrapbook of the Pioneer League. I conducted interviews with guys who played for teams in the Pioneer League during their baseball career. Most of these guys have gone on to crack the big leagues. And then I also talked with Mike Shirting of the Billings Gazette, who has been covering the Pioneer League for almost 20 years now in Billings. And then I've also talked to Alex Cohen, who spent a summer as the play-by-play man for the Idaho Falls Chuckers in Idaho Falls. That's who you're going to hear in the first season. There will be more interviews in the second season, but there are nine interviews total for the first season, kind of like nine players on the baseball field, if you would. Players that you're going to hear from are Drew Stubbs, who played for the Billings Mustangs and then went on to have a nine-year Major League Baseball career. Greg Vaughn who played for the Helena Gold Sox and then went on to a fantastic Major League Baseball career, multi-time All-Star. Then you've got guys like 
Mr. Osprey, if you're a Missoula, Missoula Paddleheads fan now, Lyle Overbay, who was a part of that first season of minor league baseball in Missoula, I was lucky enough to talk to him. Greg Morrison, who won a triple crown in the Pioneer League, didn't crack the big leagues, but he won that triple crown. And it was in his hometown or nearby hometown of Medicine Hat up in Canada. So it was awesome to talk to him. He was a great interview. Really looking forward to you guys listening to that one. The first full episode of this podcast will be dropped next Tuesday, June 30th, with Drew Stubbs. Talked about his time in college at Texas. He won a College World Series there. Obviously talked a bunch about his time with the Mustangs and his MLB career in total. This podcast really focuses on guys 10 years in the Pioneer League. What was it like when they first cracked professional baseball? Because the Pioneer League is oftentimes the first stop for these guys. This is their first foray into professional baseball. This is where teams send guys as soon as they've been drafted to get going and to kick off their professional baseball career. So I asked guys about what it was like, you know, to make that transition from high school or college to professional baseball, what their first off season was like, and sometimes their progression through the minor leagues. And of course, when they finally reached the big leagues. So there's that, you have that to look forward to. I'll have more interviews going forward. I'm trying to fill out the second season as we, as I talk here to you guys recording this introductory episode. So I really hope you guys enjoy this podcast. I put a lot of time and effort into it here, trying to make this thing as cool as possible for people that love baseball and love the Pioneer League and just need something to fill that baseball void for them. Again, I wanted this to serve as like an audio scrapbook, if you would, kind of a collection of these guys who played and covered the league, their memories of their time in the Mountain West, in the Pioneer League, and what it was like. So I hope you like it. I hope you listen, rate, and review every episode if you can. Just subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. That way you don't have to go and find it. It'll come to you. It'll just pop up wherever you enjoy podcasts each week. So don't worry about that. I may have conducted the interviews and produced all of these podcasts alone, but I got a little bit of help or a lot of help actually from the Major League Baseball Players Association, specifically Alex Madoff. Without her answering my initial emails and letting me bug her with a million emails probably. I would not have had the confidence to reach out to anybody else alone or to really do these interviews, so I appreciate her support and encouragement. So thank you to her as well as quite a few agencies who were very quick to get back to me and coordinated these interviews and set them up and the players themselves for giving me ample amount of time. They were very generous with it. I can't thank them enough. 
help me get through shelter in place slash quarantine certainly motivated me every morning to get up and have something to do. So I really appreciate all of those people. I also appreciate my good friend Reed Kenny for whipping up the music on this thing. I came to him late and he was able to whip up that music very quickly and I really appreciate him for that. And honestly, that was something that I definitely could not have done myself. So I really appreciate him and go check out his other music at the links in the podcast description here. So again, I want to say June 30th with Drew Stubbs is the first episode, first full episode Right now, though, I will give you a little taste of what some of these interviews are like with uh, a few of the guys who are coming up here. So please enjoy these quick tidbits of the full episodes to come and subscribe wherever you're at. So it'll come right to you on June 30th, former Billings Mustang and nine-year Major League veteran, most notably with the Cincinnati Reds, Drew Stubbs coming to you. I'm very excited to start the Pioneer League podcast with a nine-year Major League veteran, most notably with the Cincinnati Reds and a former Billings Mustang, Drew Stubbs. On that Billings team, there were 11 future Major Leaguers. What was it like to play on a team with so much talent so early on in your career? Well, you could tell right away that, you know, relative to the other teams in that league who, uh, you know, based on what I understood, there were there were two different leagues that most teams, you had kind of a, that was like an advanced short season, a rookie ball. And then there was another one uh, in Arizona and Florida where teams would send more of their high school players who didn't have the college experience per se. So our team, you know, was heavily laden with, recent college draft picks and um you know like i said relative to the other teams in our league we had a lot of good players and we won a lot of games so uh you know a number of those guys i had either played with or against in some ranks of college and so um you know a lot of us went to you know really competitive division one schools where um you had played against great competition uh, you had experienced a lot playing into the postseason and so forth. So um, it was cool to get to share that field with a lot of those guys. I'm joined now by a 15-year Major League Baseball veteran and a four-time All-Star, but most importantly for this, a former Helena Gold Sox, Greg Vaughn. So you decided it was the right situation and the right time in 1986 when the Brewers drafted you fourth overall, and then they send you to Helena in Montana. What was that transition like? Cold. It was cold. <laughs> I remember <laughs> me and Gary Sheffield, because he was going to come to the University of Miami. You know, it's still one of my best friends. And it's uh, it was really, really a situation where it, it wasn't. It, it was. It was unique. The people embraced us, but it was cold. There was really not a lot of places to go. A lot of things to do. Was it Jacks or something? Something I remember going upstairs. Uh, but that draft class was tremendous. You know, the, all the people that 
made it to the big leagues off of that team. Myself, Del Hamilton, rest in peace. You know, Gary Sheffield. You know, we we bought a we bought a five hundred dollar station wagon that we left there and donated to the city or to the club for the next year's draft. Got a one bedroom apartment with five of us, and me and Gary were the, like the Gary's like the second pick, and I'm the fourth pick, and we just. You know, five of us lived there. George Canale, who made it to the big leagues, you know. And then that's, we just, John Dahl was in high school then. Uh, I mean, he came out of high school. I came out of college. Chef came out of college. It was, it was just a very, very talented roster. And we, we boat race teams, you know. They, the people came out to see us play. The scenery was awesome. I, I'm a fisherman, but I'm not a hunter. And, you know, it's part of the country that I want to go back to. And I'm an avid golfer, and I want to go back to and enjoy some of the things that I didn't get to enjoy. But I know there's sometimes we got snowed out. We got, you know, I wasn't used to that. That wind came through there at minus whatever it was. It was like, are you kidding me right now? I've never experienced anything like that in my life. Happy now to be joined by Mike Shirting who's been a sports writer at the Billings Gazette since late 2000 and has been covering the Pioneer League since the summer of 2001. How do you think you've mentioned a few things in terms of how the game's managed and the game is played? How do you think the league has changed over the last 20 years or so? Um, I would say it's kind of, I don't know if more relaxed is the right word, but um, even though when these, these, you know, player directors and player development directors and people come to town and you talk to them and, and they say, well, winning is a part of development, it, you just know that that's not their first concern. Like, like I say, 2001, games were played to be won. And, I mean, just like I said, Paddock threw 104 pitches. I mean, that's you know, naturally you're not going to take him out with a no-hitter, but I think still if he'd only given up one or two runs with that many pitches, Burleson would have, would have let him go. And then, you know, Dan O'Brien became general manager of the Reds. can't remember the exact years. But he implemented, and I think it was for rookie league for sure in Class A, I think the first year of Class A, below, um, below Class A, uh, Mustangs hitters could not swing at a pitch until they got a first strike. And he was emphasizing, which is probably ahead of his time now, he was emphasizing from the pitching staff, pitch to contact. Don't worry about the strikeout. Get guys out as soon as you can. And I think from that time on, um, it's become more about, well, starting pitchers are going to get 50 innings. We're going to, he also did the tandem piggybacks. So two pitchers would be paired together. One guy would start one week, the next week, the next guy would start. And the, the guy who started the week before would be the main reliever of that game. So that's when it started becoming um, more about development and just getting these guys innings and at bats, you know what I mean, rather than worrying about the, the scoreboard. And uh, I don't know if fans have taken, I think they've taken notice of that. Um, the, the support has still been great at Mustangs games. Um, but you have a little different crowd now that, when they moved in, you know, Cobb Field probably, when we played at the old Cobb Field, which was an old ballpark, uh, had the old bleacher seats, 
the reserve seatings were just these metal fold-out chairs that were rusty. And so you got the diehard baseball fan uh, in those games. And, you know, maybe seven, eight, nine hundred a night. And then in 2008, right, they build this $10 million ballpark, move into Dealer Park, and you have regular reserve seating, and it's a nice ballpark. And you get 3,000 people there a night, but it's kind of more of a social night out rather than going to and cheering on a baseball game. You know what I mean? And so I, I think over time it's it's become something to do for the fans because they've also noticed that on the field it's become, well, let's get this guy this many at-bats, this guy this many innings, and the score will be what the score is going to be, right? So I think that's been the biggest change. It doesn't seem to be, um, I don't want to say real baseball because it is real baseball, but they're not necessarily, the first priority isn't necessarily to win, if you, if you know what I'm saying. All right, I am very excited now, super excited actually, to be talking with a 14-year Major League veteran and a former member of the Missoula Osprey Actually, Mr. Osprey himself, Lyle Overbay. Yeah, I read that when you got drafted, you didn't even have a first baseman's mitt, so <laughs> you asked them if there was one that you could borrow. Yeah, they uh, they they called me and said, hey, you got drafted. Uh, Arizona Diamondbacks are going to the to Missoula, Montana, and you're going to first base. And I was like, uh, you got a first baseman's glove? Because I don't. <laughs> so... Um, they, I think they, um, you know, um, are, are the, the scout that, um, drafted and, or kind of made a case for me was like, Hey, this kid can hit and, um, you know, maybe he can, I mean, he's got options where he could play outfield with him at first base and teach him And, and, and those are the types of things too, is where I'm, I was very fortunate, um, to have one of the better, um, infield, um, guys in the organization to, to teach me first base because, I didn't know what I was doing. And, and if you're not a good first baseman, you're, I mean, you, you better hit real well. So it's, uh, yeah. Um, but you know, nowadays these, it's, it's getting to the point where no, it's like, no, you need to play both ends of the, of the baseball, um, field or you're going to be a DH. So, uh, it, you, you see all the, all the, uh, the, the championship, they, they have good first basemen, um, and they do the little things. So that's um, – I, I was I was very fortunate to have a, a very good coach to, to kind of take me to the, to the level I needed to be. 